Welcome to the Western Vowel podcast series, with talks on traditional spiritual teaching and its application in the world today. The intention of the series is to offer something useful for those who are drawn to study themselves and engage practice on the spiritual path. New talks are posted by the first of each month. The content of the talks is for informational purposes only and not to provide any kind of counseling, medical, or professional advice. This podcast is titled, Can't Get There From Here, The Overlay of Mind on Reality, and was given by Bala Zuccarello in Prescott, Arizona, on February 22, 2020. Bala is a longtime spiritual practitioner and manager of Home Press, which has published a few hundred books of spiritual literature. Bala Zuccarello. Hello. Thank you all for coming out. The topic is, um, you can't get there from here, a mind's overlay on reality. We're not separate from God. And as my teacher used to say, uh, God does not live in the sky, meaning that he resides among us, he resides in us. I'm going to read, this is a new book that isn't even out yet. It's published for release in May. It's a called Sweet Lunacy, Divine Intoxication in Sufi Lore. It's a translation by Faraj Abramian. This is a little introduction to the book. In his or her heart of hearts, every human being nurses a nostalgia, remote and nameless, a longing for something one cannot express. And should one try to, even further in the background, it recedes. Most of us get on with the business of life and learn to have fewer and fewer reasons for such thoughts. But some amongst us are not, are not so well adjusted. To these, the business of life is to pursue this mystery, which, in the interest of conformity, the human adult is encouraged to forfeit. By whatever name one may call them, eccentrics, mitzvahs, mitzvahs, lunatics, wise fools, or saints, they are destined to sink beneath or rise above the conventional wisdom of their time and place and march to the beat of a different drummer. So he's kind of calling us to, you know, be a little bit more mindful than we care to be, than we were raised to be. So I met my teacher in 1972, and he became a teacher in 1975, and he passed away in 2010. He taught me, he showed me a lot of things. One of the things that he showed me was uh, that the mind is relentless, that it, it will keep you alive, it will keep itself alive at all costs. The threat to mind is completely invisible. It's not real. But the mind, being what it is, it, 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 it takes everything as a threat. Most of the quotes that I'm going to read are from him. The mind, which is the thinking apparatus of ego, which filters, stores, and interprets all sensory perception, is uncomfortable, to say the least, with contradiction. The mind likes everything even orderly, explainable, and intelligent within its own boundaries of what is intelligible. Contradiction, which from a higher or esoteric 
perspective is perfectly rational and not in any way contradictory to the lower way of seeing the world, not only makes no sense, but is heresy and often cause the and often cause for animosity, anger, and even aggression in some extreme cases, as in the destruction of what is demonstrating contradiction. The one of the strong points that my teacher made with me was the degree to which my mind, our minds, keep us unhappy and keep us locked up. People say many things about the mind, and we all have more or less the same mind. It's not that, you know, your mind is so different from my mind. It may contain different thoughts, but its function is the same. Uh, for the most part, you the thoughts that you have today consist of 95% of the thoughts you had yesterday. And tomorrow, if you were able to chart down and write everything, every single thought that came up, it would roughly be 95% of what you were thinking today. So we just have this little repetitive machine going on and on and over and over and over and over and over. And if that isn't pointed out to us, then it just keeps going on. When it's pointed out to us, it can really cause something to shift. We have no idea of the extent to which we are not free, locked up, um, constricted, um, tight, in a knot, because our thoughts are not open to inspection. We've never been introduced to the possibility of thinking about what we're thinking about. Another uh, quote, the human being, the mind actually, as most of you well know, is easily bored and more easily distracted. We, our minds, are driven by the need to stay entertained, easily seduced by any little glimmer of hope that the next fascination or self-indulgence will dull our pain and end our suffering. Anything can be the answer to the desperate mind, from the new sexual adventure to pancakes on Sunday morning, dripping in syrup, butter, or whatever your flesh is. A new bit of clothing, a trip to Vegas, the beach, the ski resort, a pet, cosmetic surgery, you name it, someone believe, will believe that it, this is the holy grail. We, the mind, find it difficult to settle into routine, one that requires us to deal with the itchy, antsy mind that is, for all we are settling, into a very rigid routine, a deep rut. That is our psycho psychological script and does not take to either exposure or change very gracefully. So when you're born, you're born into a particular family and the literally the thoughts of the people in your family and your mother and your father, if you have a, if you have a father who's around when you're growing up uh, and even in the time that you're in the womb, you're constantly bombarded with all these different thoughts that you have no really defense except to accept them as what is. And then you come out and you're born and things happen to you that you have no way of interpreting. You don't know how to interpret them. So you just interpret them however you interpret them. There's a psychological term uh, that means you just take the whole, you eat the whole room. So if things are the way they are, that's just, that's what you need to do. 
Everything you just take everything in, and this is the way you are, and you adjust to it. And who knows why some things cause you to be feel threatened, and who knows why some things cause you to be ecstatic. Maybe your uncle, who has a big fat cigar in his mouth, picks you up as a young baby and puts you on his shoulder and turns, and the cigar gets close to you, and smoke happens, and you know you're you're scared, scared and fearful, and for the rest of your life, for some reason. You don't know why, but you hate the smell of cigarettes or you hate, you know, uh, maybe your uncle had a beard or maybe your uncle was wearing a red sweater and you put all those together and they cause you to act in particular ways and do particular things. And then you spend tens of thousands of dollars in therapy to unravel that. Uh, This quote that that I'm reading is uh, from one of Lee's journals. Uh, I'm right in the middle of it and I won't go back to it. Uh, Lee had a series of seven journals that he wrote uh, that are um, not, they're not on the table, I don't believe. They're available from the website homepress.com. So, to quote again, we, some of us, find a path, a teacher, a guru, if we are lucky, a genuine guru, and are instructed one way or another, literally or by example, in the content, the practices, or practice, if it is singular, of this path. And we are expected to pursue this routine, to walk this road until the end, fulfillment of the inheritance in objective maturity, true sanity, and transcendence of the grip of ego, piercing of the illusion of separation, what we would call awakening, I think. (laughs) Could we call this realization? Eventually, yes. Ah, but then there are so many interesting diversions along the way, so many fine dining establishments, amusement parks zoos, shopping shopping malls. Um, is the metaphor to the path obvious? So many interesting diversions along the way, shamanic rituals and the hallucinogenics that go along with them, all the tantric theses and that, the deep therapeutic processes, regression therapy, aura cleansing, astrology and numerology readings, fascination with meditation variations, all the biogenic bioenergetic dance and the voice and the voice trainings all all the way all has ways to realize oneself and on and on and on end quote so um my teacher was very was his way of teaching was to constantly point out how we were stuck how it was that our own unhappiness was our own doing and that there was really no need for that and that was the that was the point there really is no need for it. And how do you cause someone to take up this work, to take up this path, to take up this idea of unraveling this knot? Um, it's not easily done. If, uh, if you're not violent and if you're not dangerous, maybe by the time you get into your 30s and you're on your second or third marriage, you might have an idea that something's not quite right. I'm not quite happy and I don't know why. And you might start to look inside and see, huh, something's going on. It really takes a commitment to this. And that's, that's at the core of it. If nothing intersects our life along the way to show us that the way that we see things might be a little bit off or might not be the best for us, we have no idea of even questioning it. We're just happy. We go along in life. Things happen to us or they don't happen to us. 
we get married, maybe we have children, we have a job, we work, we work very hard, maybe we like the political structure, maybe we don't, we vote, we buy a house, and da 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 da. And all of this, all of this goes on against the background of this tiny little insatiable thing that's happening for us that we don't realize something is not quite right. And as Lee points out here, maybe it's the next little thing that'll cause me to change. Maybe I'll be happy if, you know, if I could just date that person, that woman, that man. Maybe, you know, if I could just belong to this political party, look how happy they look. Oh, if I need get a raise in work, if I just had a little bit more money, that would do it. Oh, if I just had one of these statues, oh, I saw this statue and I got to have it. This is going to change my life, you know, or a new pair of shoes or a new haircut or um, body work or more yoga or less yoga or diets. Diets are very fashionable these days. People do all kinds of diets. Maybe you should become a vegan. Clearly, that's where joy and peace and happiness lie. But then if you become a vegan, you know, is there the oil vegan or the almond milk vegan? And do you mix the almond milk with the soy milk? Or can you even have soy if you're a certain kind of vegan? So there's just one complication after another. And we don't seem to notice that. We don't seem to notice that there's one complication after another. We come to be very comfortable with the fact that anything that we do has lots of twists and turns in it, has lots of complications. I mean, it's just the mind. It's just constantly going and going and going and going. So Lee used to do a lot of seminars. And there would be, uh, there would be seminars in certain parts of the country. And there would be uh, seminars uh, where there were people at people's homes. Someone would be asking a question. And then he would just stop the person who's asking the question and say, what are most of you thinking right now? Most of you are disassociating from yourselves, disassociating from this person. You are already criticizing this person or you are already supporting them, one thing or the other, and you don't even know what they're about to say. It's just ego marching ahead. It doesn't matter, matter the battlefield. Everything is a battlefield for ego. Everything, everything, everything. It's all one big fight that mind that I'm going to win. You're not going to show me what to do. I mean, I was brought up by my parents were born in the early part of the 20th century. And it was very tight, very strict. And they told you what to do. That was the way... That was what child rearing was. You were told how, what you were going to do for the rest of your life, whether you liked it or not, what college you were going to, what job you were going to have, who you were going to date. You had to bring your dates home. And, you know, you were open, wide open to criticism. That was based on nothing. I didn't, they don't like their hair. They wore two different color socks. Um, maybe they didn't have the right makeup on. Maybe they did have the right makeup on. Um, did you see the car they drove up in? Oh, I know her mother. You know, that's all, that's all ego. That's, that's all the mind. Just blah, 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 blah. Just turn to any news station these days, turn it on for 15 minutes and turn it off. I mean, that's, that's what mind is. It's just a constant stream that in effect actually 
directs the steer. It actually changes your, your steering. It makes you go one way as opposed to another way. If you listen to it without any self-reflection, you start going this way, you start going that way, you, you are affected, you are impacted by what you hear. Regardless of whether you agree with it or not, if you do agree with it, you're in the right, damn we're right, aren't we great, push forward, and everybody else is a liar. If you're in the wrong, oh my God, we're going, we're barreling off the edge of the cliff, it's the end. These days, the divisiveness with which uh, is so prevalent in the news is just an example of the of ego, just an example of the mind. Just the louder, the more you speak, the more uh, you've heard the expression, the squeaky wheel gets the, gets the grease. And truth has nothing to do with it. Oh, can you say what your subtitle is? You can't get here from there. Uh, the the, the uh, overlay of mind on, on reality. So there's reality, and my teacher would say the most apt description to follow if one were interested in finding out what reality was, was to accept what is, as it is, here and now, without judgment and without projection. So those sound like, I could do that. Anybody can do that, you know? Okay, so first off, to accept what is. Okay, what does that mean? What is it that we're trying to accept? It's every single situation that we're in. So let's pretend that we're in a situation where something is uncomfortable between us and our partner or our closest, whoever the closest person to us is. If you're not married or if you're not in a relationship, maybe your mother, your father, your boss, your coworker, whoever. But there's something going on between you. They're doing something that you don't like. Okay? So to accept what is as it is here and now. So they're doing something. It's not life-threatening. Every time I go into work, somebody makes a crack about me being early or late. And that really bothers me. Or my wife, my husband, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, whoever it is, they have a certain attitude that I don't like, blah, blah, blah. So this is the kind of um, attention that's needed to be brought to our regular day-to-day life, things that happen. So you're somewhere, you're uncomfortable with the situation, but you don't exactly know why. But you know that. You know that you're uncomfortable, but you don't know why you're uncomfortable. You ha- you, you, we are being requested to be present to what's going on. So if you're uncomfortable with the situation, it's your obligation to find out what is it about what just happened that made me uncomfortable. This thing just happened on the road. Some guy just passed me and cut me off. That's a good one. Some guy just cut me off and you take it personally. Or you're waiting in line at the store and someone cuts in front of you. Or they don't have it so much anymore, but they used to have the lines with the 15 items and people would bring 50, you know, and it's like, you know, like, can't you count? (laughs) And like, you'll make a smart comment, either out loud or to yourself. Like, oh, what a jerk. So this this is the way, this is the kind of things that, my teacher would ask us, you know, to pay attention to. So accept what is. So first you have to know what it is that's bugging you. 
And the only way you're going to know what it is, is no one's going to tell you what it is that's bugging you. That's one of the big things. We expect you don't feel right. So you want, you go to someone and say, something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. And we are not raised with, first off, having enough faith and uh, respectability and accountability to ourselves and um, self-awareness to go, oh, this just happened. I think I need to cool my jet. I think you need to stop drinking so much caffeine. Maybe that's it, you know. Why do you go to that place to begin with? Or every time I, every time, every time, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So it's up to us. It's up to me to actually, if I'm unhappy, if things are uh, not going well and the sea is a little roughy and I'm getting buffeted about, to go, what's exactly going on? So to give you an example, this is not an easy thing. I've been in the company of my teacher for 48 years. And most of the time, I'm blindsided by my own unconsciousness. So this is not, this is not something that's going to happen tomorrow morning and everything's going to be okay. Things are going to arise. And the first impulse is, will you stop doing that? Why are you making me so unhappy? Okay, I've had enough. Let's get a divorce for the eighth time, fourth time, third time. But I must say, I shouldn't speak that way because divorces are on the decline and so are marriages. Because it's so, I mean, if people are, people that are wanting to get married and wanting to have a family, the cost of living is going through the roof and their, their paychecks aren't exactly meeting that cost of living. So, um, so to accept what is, you have to know what it is that we're taught. What's, what's the situation? Not what's the situation at a quick glance, but what really just happened here? What's going on? Okay, they did this. I said this. This is a situation. They're going here, and I feel this way. And you really, you really have to sort through it. So if there's something going on for you, as there was for me, as there is, that's going on for a long time, and the first thing is you label it as a problem, and everybody has problems, right? So you label it as a problem, and you live with the problem. Because you know you're tough, you can tough it out. You know I can I can stand this. I can I can deal with this. You live with it for days, weeks, months, years. You know, and then at one point it occurs to you that you're spending all your energy putting up with this thing. You're spending all your energy trying to make this work and trying not to blow your lid or blow your top instead of like investigating it. So accept what is as it is. So just simply to say, this is the situation as impartially as you can here and now, not what happened yesterday. Yeah, they did that yesterday and da 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 They always do that. That doesn't mean anything. What's happening now? What's happening? Did they do it now? Are they doing it now? Well, no, they're not doing it now. Where's your problem? Well, they're going to do it in 20 minutes or they're going to do it before the end of the day. I know they're going to do it before the end of the day. So it's a matter of getting clarity, uh, which sounds very simple. But when, when you bring this to bear and you turn your eyes to your own self and you examine your own experience, you come to find out that we're not doing I'm not doing that. Though I may mouth, oh, yeah, I'm doing that. Oh, I'm leading a spiritual life or I'm working on myself or da-da-da-da. But in fact, you really have to be committed 
that the mind is, will constantly keep the pressure on. It's That's what its job is. It's not bad. That's just what its job is. At some point, you need to take ownership of wh- whose mind is this? That's the level at which this is going on. So accept what is. One of the major points of this kind of a practice is slow things down. We are so one thing after another. We're nothing but a, a switch swing that could click, okay, click, click. Everybody's turning us on. No, slow down. Accept what is as it is here and now in the moment right now. What's going on? What's the situation right now? Without judgment. Okay, I'm just going to accept that they're a terrible driver. Well, does it ever occur to you to say, why don't we take my car or not go with them? And I know for myself, there was a person who was texting while we're driving. And I rode with them for years saying, I was, my God. And then it just occurred to me that I don't have to ride with them. I can just say, "Uh, no, I'll take my car. I don't care what it causes, what, what kind of a problem. I'll take my car. And if they ask me, I'll tell them. So we're trying to clear out the space. There are some schools of thought that say the mind doesn't stop. It is just its job is to produce thoughts. There's all these thoughts and they just come, they just come. And that's what the mind does. My teacher would say, that's fine, but you don't have to be at the effect of those thoughts. Well, how can you not be at the effect? One thought after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. I mean, you can't stop that unless you realize that that's the case. And you don't have to have an earth-shaking realization. Just hearing it, going, oh, I am always thinking one thought after another, after another, after another, after another. Like, just constantly the stream. And, you know, the science out today, you know, you, you think, I think, okay, I'm just going to reach for this paper. That before I thought of reaching for the paper, neurons in my mind, in my brain, that activate for reaching for the paper, activated before I thought of reaching for the paper. So it's like, you can't win, you're not going to win the game. It's not a matter of trying to be first or trying to outwit anything. So the, the kind of communication that my teacher made for me, made to me, was one of, you can do this. This is not extraordinary, but it does require attention and commitment. And if you can take the time, and if you have the wherewithal and the intention and the attention to pay attention to what's going on in your mind, you can get free of this madness. You can get free of the place where you can't get there from here. You know? You can get free of that. You can get on the other side of it. You can get to a place where life just happens as it happens and nothing means anything more than what it means. Good people are good people. Bad people do bad things. There's no threat. The threat subsides. The Buddhists and the Hindus have a word called samsara. And samsara means the cycle of life. Excuse me, birth, life, and death, over and over and over and over again. Uh, and I don't 
you don't need to subscribe to whether there's an afterlife or whether there was a before life. But it's clear to see that in, in our lives, things are born, things live, and things go away. It's one thing to have a flash that, oh, yes, this is the way that it is. But uh, Lee would really try to drive home constantly over and over again the degree to which we are hamstringed, which we are hampered, which we are tied in a knot by all the mind thinking, 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 and all the conventions we have going on and all the agreements and all the psychology. It's right there. God does not live in the sky. Well, if he doesn't live in the sky, where is he? Oh, he must be somewhere in here. And all the poetry, all the Sufi poetry, and all, all tons and tons of poetry talk about the joy being here. Yes. One part of this that never even occurred to me had to do with accepting my own reaction to not accepting what is as it is. You know, we're going deeper into what the practice actually is. And that, that includes accepting that, the, that that's what the mind does. Yeah, it, it's, it adds another level to, to accept what is as it is. What's the as it is part? As it is, is I'm still uncomfortable with this and I'm not happy with the fact that I'm still reacting to it. Or I want to stop my reactions to this thing because that's what's supposed to happen, right? I'm not supposed to have any reactions, right? Well, no, then no one ever said that. I don't think anybody ever said that. You know, to accept what is as it is, is you go deeper and realize you have a reaction and you have a reaction to reaction. And guess what? You have a reaction to your reaction of having a reaction. And you think it's wrong. I think I sh there's something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. A good rule of thumb is every time you think you're doing something wrong, that's an indication that you're not paying attention. The best way to work on something is to start something else that's positive. And by starting, by turning your attention. So if, you're, if, if I'm very upset, by a certain circumstance. Instead of trying to fix the circumstance, it's, it's incumbent upon me to go and do something positive. Go do the dishes. Go polish your car. Go clean out the, the bathroom. Go da 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 whatever it is. Or go start a new project. Um, and in the starting of a new positive project, what happens is that the profile that this thing has starts to go down. Nothing changes. It's not such a big deal anymore. And you go on and, you know, it goes on. And all of a sudden, this thing that you've put your positive attention on becomes more, it takes more of your attention. So therefore, the profile, this sound goes way down. Lee's direction to us was meditation. That was just sitting with what is, just being with what is, and constantly coming back to that being. And you would, you know, a thought, thoughts arise, fine, come back. All, all of a sudden, I'm in, I'm having a hamburger in on the coast in Del Mar, you know, with a beer, and isn't that wonderful? Great. Not stop thinking that. It's like okay, it's not happening now. So <laughs> I'm here. I'm sitting here. So you just. You put your attention on these things, and by creating something positive, it just lessens.
it's not a matter, it's not a problem to be solved. It's not a, it's not a solving kind of thing. Because the whole drive to solve is the mind. I'm going to fix this. Our childhoods and the circumstances that we're born in cause all these different psychological things, scripts to be created. It's not a matter of getting the right script. It's not a matter of having the correct events appear. Boom, 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 boom. They're going to happen as they happen. So this, this, this thing of turning our attention to something that's positive, it's really in the attention. All of this thing with our minds and the unhappiness and just always missing and always not being and always, always, always in the story about our lives, however they are. If you pay attention, you will see that your mind is leading you by the nose. And it's your mind. So why don't you take ownership of it? Yes, sir. Isn't that kind of paying attention ultimately a meditative state in that very moment? It is. You, you could call it that because, but you wouldn't be in it. You would be it. You wouldn't be in a meditative state. You would be the meditative state. But like, yes, it, it's a, it is a meditative state that that would be happening. It begins to dawn on us that we are the cause of our own unhappiness. That the way the mind is going and going and going and going, there's no room to take a breath. Well, we don't have to buy that. We can, we can start something and begin something new and positive, and the mind won't have anything to say about it. But that takes attention, years of attention. To realize, oh, here I thought that this situation was one of those situations that I can't get to the other side of when, no, you just have to go deeper. And in my own case, it was like this big problem was there for months. And I kept thinking of it as this problem, my problem, instead of, oh, this is the, pra- this is the very field that my teacher has given me the energy to practice in. This is, what is the problem? Describe it. What's going on? I'm blah, 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 da, da, da. Okay. Can you, I, can I be with that? Yeah, I don't like it. You don't have to like it. <laughs> you know, you don't have to like what is to be with what is. And if it gets to be the point of be, being uncomfortable, maybe you can do something about it. Yes, Karun. Well, I was just thinking that what you were describing about um, <clears throat> Lee's, uh, Lee's instruction to kind of shift your attention. I remember him using the phrase, go do something else. Yeah. Yes. And, and the, the real benefit in my mind is that you, we become over time aware of when we've lost control of the situation. That's the benefit. We become aware. I can become aware of when Oh, things um, things are starting to get a little gray. I'm letting this happen. I'm letting it I'm letting the situation get out of control and just feel like it's just out of reach. To me, that's a time to go back to practice. Take a breath, okay? And we have as I said, we have meditation practices, there's food recommendations, there's there's books to read, there's many 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 things to do to work with our minds. Let me read something here. 
There's a biography. It's a three-volume biography of Lee. um, It's called Spiritual Slavery. Uh, This is from that book. Under all circumstances, we take everything personally unless we know who we're kidding. If we say, who am I kidding? And that's the exact statement. It shouldn't be be interpolated. We can find out there's nothing to take personally. So these things are arising all the time. This is not, we're going to fight this one war, one battle, and we win. Done, over. It's constant. We have to develop the maturity over time and the dignity and the integrity to deal with circumstances that we find ourselves in, in a mature, responsible, loving, respectable manner. That's a lot of work. There weren't too many people doing that. Yes, ma'am. Well, I was I I think of my mind as a monkey mind, and sometimes I even go blah 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 blah, <laughs> just to, to not listen to it. So it's a conscious practice. I exactly, guess. it is and a practice. And the more you do it, the better you get. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the more you do it, the the, the so more efficient you become at at doing it. And but the blah 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 is just the accepting that's what it is. It's it ain't, just it ain't, blah 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 noise. It ain't going away. It's just it, it ain't going. I mean, there is uh, my experience is that it's always there and it keeps us on our toes. And Lee's primary activity, aside from all of this, was his devotion to his guru. That's what he wanted to put all his time. That's where he put all his eggs into his devotion and surrender to his teacher. That was the ultimate practice. That is the ultimate practice, if you will, to surrender to the benediction, the love, the energy of his teacher. Isn't that idolatry? Not the way. No, it's not like this is the teacher. It's not the teacher is not doesn't isn't separate. So there are some there are some individuals who have this, and I don't know why. Maybe by birth, by luck, by chance, by karma, whatever. That their their love is palpable, their their uh, their caring, their affection, their compassion is palpable, and in their presence, uh, one feels something that one doesn't feel with other people. And he found that, or that found him, and he wrote thousands of poems about that. To you know his his devotion to that, and it's not common. <laughs> So there are many, you know, there are, there are for every one story, there's hundreds of people who've been shammed and taken abuse up, taken, taken advantage of and taken and been abused and blah, blah, blah. But I happen to be lucky and this is the real deal. And I know it's the real deal because I can see it. I've been there doing this for five, almost five decades. You would have found out. Yeah, you would have found out. And I was, and I don't know why I didn't get screwed along the way. I mean, all my, a lot of my friends just went off in different directions and did different things that were not as, you know, were not as nurturing. And I don't know why. It's just, this is the case. But it's not the case. It's, it's a case. It's great blessings and great benefit. But I got to work. It's not like, okay, you get a vacation. Well, it's like, yes, but you have to work on your vacation. So let me just, let me just read some more here. Um, 
as this is from also from that same book, as in the Greek myth of Narcissus, we are lost in an autoerotic obsession with our own reflection in the pool until finally we may fall in and drown, never knowing that it was only an illusion that had captured us so faithfully. Oh, this is a very good quote. Uh, this is also from that same book. Um, the egoic mind is helpless in the face of the primordial knot, which is actually many knots within a knot. We can labor about, labor away, concentrating on untying first this knot, then that knot, then another knot, only to find that one knot leads to the next and the next in an endless tangled array. Our frustration grows as we discover the knots we untied years ago are suddenly, mysteriously, tangled once again. Back to the beginning we go, assiduously working the threads of the knotted knot that only grace can finally and irrevocably dissolve. The process is arduous, impossible, requiring great courage and persistence through doubt, despair, and unsuspected agonies of the soul. The person of true conscience must face evils within himself or herself that only a rare few individuals are willing or able to confront. Then one must find the courage to travel beyond honesty and confrontation into the terrifying terrain of simply being different against the formidable forces arranged against us to remain exactly the same. In this eternal struggle of vast dimension, the mind can and will usurp the exquisite, soft knowing of the heart. So, here's another one. (laughs) So, this is from the same book. So, the problem is the mind, and the mind is designed to support our illusions of separation. It's designed to support identification with the psychological script, whatever the psychological script is. If the psychological script is self-hatred, the mind is designed to facilitate life situations where the sense of self-hatred will be confirmed, or whatever it is, pride, greed, self-doubt, you name it. So this is what we're up against. It's, It's this tangled web that I call my life. We all have a psychological script, and the script runs you forever unless you can see the script and if, this, if you can see the script, it doesn't matter. You just do something different. You have enough intention and attention to do something different. Let's keep going here. Um, bringing our attention fully and completely to the present moment uh, is quite a simple act to perform. Yet, it is made very difficult by the habits of our use of attention. Because it seems so simple and because we have never practiced it diligently, we cannot imagine the extraordinary and marvelous result that would ensue from actually performing this practice with enthusiasm, vigor, and passion. It deserves to simply be with what is here and now brings us face to face with the great mystery of life, with the heart of the spiritual master and the yawning miracle of creation. Mind is also the doorway. It's a doorway out. It's the it's the one thing that everybody gets. <laughs> it's our it's a medium, and either it either you know there's an expression 
about uh, sometimes people say, did you have a good day at work? And someone sometimes people say, some days the bear eats you and some days you eat the bear. Well, Lee was very strong in reminding us the bear is always eating us unless we stop. And it's not a matter of stopping it. It's a matter of doing something else, changing our shift of attention over just a little bit. And that's really what, that's what interests me. That's, you know, this thing about mind is you, I really have to bring my attention to it. And, if, and how do I bring my attention to it? Well, I can't eat junk. I can't put in junk into my head. Like, you know, how do I free up the attention that I need to put attention on this? 